Acts 5, 17 to 42. The apostles persecuted. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But at arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would alone them would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamal, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census, 
and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. This is the word of our Lord. Shall we pray? <clears throat> Dear Lord, this, this is a really amazing story. Please bless us and my words that I've prepared this morning as we try to look closer at it. I pray that it will touch our hearts, minds, as we unpack it and learn a bit more about your message. Amen. This is such a good story, really. I mean, it's almost all there, isn't it? You think, well, where can we look and where can we um, pick, it, pick it about? Um, so this is a story of contrast, really, is between the outrage of the Sanhedrin and the joy of the apostles. The passage is about a failed prosecution, arrests, release, beatings, demands, rejoicing and preaching, and the church. Now this is actually the first time that the church, the term church is found in Acts. The term at that time was already used for political and other assemblies. So this was now being used to denote either congregations or the wider church. So we've got churches used now. The situation that ex existed then was just like really the days of Jesus in Galilee, with good news being preached everywhere, many being healed, miraculous signs and wonders, believers regularly meeting in Solomon's colonnade, numbers growing all the time, sick people being brought out, of, out from their houses into the street on their mats, believing that even if as Peter went by, his shadow might fall on them and they would be healed, all be healed. And they were. The net result of all this was to concentrate their minds and leave little doubt in, their, in the truth that the apostles were, were saying, resulting in the fast growing of the church at the time, so they've all heard about the recent happenings of Ananias and Sapphira. And because they were very fearful about this, they knew what happened to them, that they'd sold some land. And, and although they could have kept the money, that they, they made a big display of, of giving it away. But actually they didn't give all of it away. And as you know, they were both struck down dead that day. So they all knew about this. And so they were all quite fearful, really, and they also knew that there was absolutely no room then for pretenders or half-hearted followers. They got to be the real thing. This was the real deal. 
So against this worrying background, there's no wonder that the Jewish authorities grew jealous of the apostles' enormous influence. I mean, there was astounding influence, you could see. Well, what could they do? They arrest the apostles and put them in a public jail to await trial the next day. Another miracle happened that night when we read the angel came and opened the door of the prison. So we're told this in just one simple chat, one simple line in the chapter. The Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. It's actually, I think, quite a good speculative question that sort of house groups could go to wonder how the angels actually set them free because there was guards on the doors and the doors were locked. How, how did they do it? We, we shall never know, but it's a good speculation, I think. The Lord clearly was in charge here and he instructed the angel to tell the apostles to go back to the temple courts and resume teaching the people. Well, essentially, the, the apostles were charged to go back to what they were doing in exactly the same location just before they were arrested. They had been released and they willingly went back to do something far riskier than actually if they stayed sitting in the prison. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts and just as they'd been told, resumed teaching Christ to the people. We then read that the Supreme Jewish Court, the Sanhedrin, was gathered that morning. Now, I, I thought often we hear about the Sanhedrin, and you think, well, what exactly was it? So I had a look, and it said, it apparently it consisted between 70 and 100 men. Normally there would be 71 rabbis, plus the high priest, who served as the president. And the members came from chief priests, scribes and elders, and there's absolutely no record anywhere of how they were chosen. They all sat in a semicircle, and they were backed by three rows, rows of disciples of the rabbis, or learned men, and the clerks of the court stood at the front. Now I was thinking this could, must have been quite a daunting sight for anyone that was brought up before them. Peter and John had refused to obey the official orders to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. So they were already guilty of defying the law of the nation and probably faced death anyway. They had been continually witnessing to the early church giving evidence that Jesus was alive and refuting the doctrine held by the Sadducees. So what were they to face? These passages show so many emotions. The Sanhedrin had sent for the prisoners. They found the prison locked and guarded, but no prisoners. Reports came in about the apostles being back in the temple courts preaching again. How bewildered and puzzled they must have been at what had happened. They were fearful. There was fear when the captain of the temple guard was called to them for them to be arrested again. He was fearful. And no doubt many of the Sanhedrin would have been extremely angry indeed at what had happened. And the apostles were being made to appear before this lot. They were questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in Jesus' name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. 
the apostles were going around making and making repeated and open declarations that some of the Jews and some of their leaders had killed Jesus. In, in Matthew 27, verse 24, we, we read that Pilate washed his hands. You remember at the time, he washed his hands and he said he was innocent of this man's blood. And they all replied, let his blood be on us and on our children. So now it was, it was and they were beginning to be appalled by the consequences. In the face of all the possible horrors that they may have had to endure, their answer to the high priest must have been like a red rag to a bull. The reply was, we must obey God rather than men. In front of the Sanhedrin, they commenced to give the testimony that they were giving any rate, with not one iota or one part of a change. And they were furious, and they demanded that they were all put to death. And then comes into the scene a Pharisee named Gamaliel. And he was the most famous teacher at the time. Traditionally listed among the heads of the, of the school, he was much honoured by everyone. In Acts 22, after his arrest, Paul gave a testimony in Aramaic about his conversion journey to Damascus, which we all know. He started it by saying that he was a Jew from Tarsus and that under Gamaliel, he was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was very zealous for God and that he persecuted the followers of the way to their deaths. So he knew Paul well. The men were ordered to be put outside for a while for Gamaliel to address the Sanhedrin. And as we have read, he asked them to consider carefully what they intended to do to these men. Gamaliel was, a popular, was popular amongst the people and his advice was probably more for political expediency than acting out of the fear of God. It was nothing to do with the message they were proclaiming. He did not, he did not even protect them from the flogging, which at that time was actually one step below execution because many people died actually when they were flogged. He may well have considered the apostles to be similar to other failed revolutionaries. His council gave two examples of men claiming to be someone, attracting many people to follow them. They were both killed, and resulting fear caused the followers to scatter. There we are, job done. Now this made me think about the demonstrations and followers of this day and how little actually it's really changed. I mean, you know that the young people of every generation who become very passionate about some topic or other and they parade and demonstrate and this, at the moment we've got school strikes with signs and placards and, and they're all convinced that this is now the modern times and that can change the world only to realise later in, on in life that there's too many vested interests in whatever it is that they were, they were moaning about and they simply can't make the difference that they imagined they could when they were 17 or 18. But even in our times, most of these passionate demonstrations are dealt with by authorities in some repressive, and particularly in some repressive societies, by taking out the ringleaders. And this often just deals with it. Others in many Western democracies, they, they just ignore it. Um, 
and they ignore the demonstration and, and by continually ignoring it, eventually again it runs out of steam. It needs something of really great importance that can be seen and actually affects people like, like the climate change we've got now issue or, or the coronavirus problems to force any form of quick action and to start to change people's entrenched views. But this at the time was a big deal and Gamal advised them to let them go as he hoped it was of human origin so it would fail. He told them troublemakers come and go so they should be patient and wait and that will deal with it. But this was not like it at all like any other demonstration at the time and of course other afterwards. They were dealing with a situation like no other. This was a contained area, a small area. There was no social media. Everybody was clearly seeing that so much that was remarkable was going on. Was actually going on. And the terms fake news or alternative facts, which <laughs> alternative facts, which I think is an incredible expression, probably may not have even been invented by then. There had been so many amazing things that the population had witnessed. In the face of all this, even Gamal was probably not actually too sure himself. He says that if it is from God, they will not be able to stop these men and will only find themselves fighting among themselves. Well, the Sanhedrin were persuaded and I think they were probably very fearful as well. The apostles were called back in. The Sanhedrin had to have their last say, so they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus again and were sentenced to flogging, which under Jewish law was 40 lashes minus one. Now, that seems a very strange thing to me. Was it 39 or what? But anyway, well, what did they remove one? I can't think how they can do it. But it's 40 lashes minus one. So we, we look at this and we say, well, what is the immediate result of all this? The Sanhedrin, by doing that, had felt they'd won. Yeah, because the only thing that for evil to win is for good people to do nothing, as they say. And these good people did something. With fresh wounds on their backs, can you imagine the state they must have been in? And dripping with blood, all in their clothing they returned to the temple. In the face of this, the brave apostles got back on the job straight away. The church rejoiced in the illegal treatment. Persecution has never destroyed the church. The apostles continued and witnessed daily, preaching in the temple courts from house to house. The good news of Jesus was proclaimed and the church continued to grow. Praise the Lord. Amen.